You're listening to This Naked Mind with Annie Grace. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and welcome to This Naked Mind podcast. I'm here with Charlotte. Hi, Charlotte. How are you? Hi, Annie. I'm doing incredible. So excited to be here with you. So great. So um, why don't you take us sort of back to the beginning in your journey with alcohol? Where did it all start for you? Sure. So, I mean, honestly, it started when I was about 12. My mom had liquor in the house and me and my friends would dump out the vodka and put it in our own water bottle and fill hers up with water. And that's that's the first time I was really introduced to the taste of it. Um, I didn't necessarily like the way it made me feel, but it just kind of became like a regular thing after that. Like with all of my friends, we drank, I mean, probably about 13, 14 was when it started to be a weekend thing, like middle school. It was just, it was just what we did, you know, like me and my friends and alcohol was always such a big part of my life growing up with my mom and my dad. My dad was an alcoholic. He was a binge drinker, really. He would go like five days of just nonstop drinking to, you know, pass out and then he'd wake up and just drink again. My mom was more of a functioning alcoholic, as they call it, to where, you know, she was a bartender, so she would drink at work and before work. And but I mean, she took care of me. She she did her best, you know, but I saw alcohol as just a normal thing for for adults at that time. And I guess I was in a rush to join the party <laughs> at a young age, you know, and and unfortunately, because it, I started drinking so young, it really just formed. I formed so many limiting beliefs around it from a very young age, which, you know, kind of set me up for failure when it came to alcohol, because I believed this was where my confidence came from. This is what you do to have fun. And, you know, this is this is who you are. Like everyone likes you more when you're drinking and you fit into the crowd when you're drinking. So there was no problem, you know, and I didn't really have hangovers as a teenager for, I don't remember having them anyway. Um, it was just, you know, sleep in and find out where the next party is that night. <laughs> so yeah, it started, started really young. And then, you know, when I was 19, I became pregnant with my first child. He's now 17 today. Yeah. And um, he, I mean, that was my first time of, now that I've reflected so much, that was my first time of being sober, alcohol-free for any longer period of time. And I remember feeling so amazing during that time. And I just attributed it to being pregnant, right? And the hormones, and I'm sure it had something to do with that, but the clarity that I felt in my brain was like, I just remember, I can think back to it. I vividly remember thinking, I feel better than I've ever felt. And and now I know it obviously has to do with, you know, not drinking every weekend and being on that hamster wheel. But um, after that, it's, I mean, I never, during like my 20s, I did drink a lot. So I'm not going to like minimize it. I definitely did, um, but I wasn't drinking every day. I was drinking on the weekends, um, going to a lot of bars, partying with my friends. You know, turned 21, it was all about the bar scene at that point. And then I met my husband now when I was 23-ish. And um, we, like the first two years, we did a lot of drinking together. 
and um, we moved in together and we both decided like, okay, we need to slow down a little bit. We need to like, we had three kids at that time. We were a blended family. So we would drink, but it wasn't, it wasn't a huge thing to us. Like we were able to like go a month without drinking or two months and like, wow, we haven't drank in a while. And like, it was just like nothing, you know, like my husband never had an issue um, with not drinking and, and I was fine as well. However, like all of our friends were still, were still partying. So there were times where we would go out and do that, but it wasn't, it wasn't a huge thing for us. A lot started to really happen inside of me. I would say like in my late twenties, early thirties, prior to that, we took on custody of our niece and nephew. So I had five kids at, you know, the age of like 25 that I was raising and um, four of them weren't mine biologically. And I just, I had so much on my plate that I was just running and running and running for five years and trying to do everything and be superwoman. And I was getting my master's degree. I was working, I was raising kids. Like I was just doing everything right. And then I think I just like hit a wall to where it was, I didn't know how, I didn't have the tools to really cope with what I was feeling or just like the everyday stuff that we go through as moms or, you know, in work-life balance and all of that. So um, I did start drinking a little more in my early 30s and it was more like on my own, I would say, like my husband didn't have to be drinking, but I was able to keep a handle on it. I would, you know, like moderate or you know, really try to control the drinking. Um, but it wasn't until, gosh, about, what am I now? I just turned 37. So like 2021, that's when it really started to like rear its ugly head and show me like I was drinking fireball. Every time we would go out, I would, I just started taking shots because I was like, who's going to bother with like a whole cocktail or a beer, right? Just get straight to the point and like get as messed up as fast as I can, which like looking back, I thought I was like smart or something at the time. Like, I'm just going to have shots and drink water in between. That'll help with my hangover. Yeah, not. It did not help at all. So my husband's like, I really think you should stop drinking fireball. Like you become a different person when you're drinking it. I'm like, oh no, like it's fine. So, and I continued and and then I went on a girl's trip and it was just the three of us. It was two of my childhood best friends. So we were drinking for years together. You know, like those were my drinking buddies. And I brought a whole handle of fireball with me. Like neither, not, they didn't drink fireball. It was just me. And I got really drunk that night and both of them grabbed me like by the shoulders and they were like, Charlotte, this this has to stop. Like, you're not the same person like something something's wrong like they could even tell and they've been drinking with me for a long time you know so so that was that was one of the wake-up calls for sure so i gave up fireball <laughs> after that and i switched to vodka and of course like it wasn't any better but i guess i don't know you know how some liquors just maybe make you different i don't know but fireball just did something a little bit different to me that made me like a little bit more crazy so yeah the vodka started and that's what my mom drinks also my mom lives with me so it was easily accessible all the time i could just walk in her room take a shot whenever i wanted and no one would even have to know and my mom didn't mind because i was drinking with her it was like our little bond that we had so 
I would say October, no, when was it? Well, yeah, no, it was last October. I was at a pretty low point, the lowest ever, actually. I was, my husband was working out of town a lot and I just became so used to drinking every single day after work that as soon as I would be driving home, I would just start thinking about it and my heart would be racing and like, I would get anxiety before I would drink because I, because I had that, you know, fight internal struggle. Like I don't want to drink, but I'm going to drink. And as soon as I would get home, I would take the shot. And then I was, I was taking shots to do anything, literally anything, everything in my life I was drinking to have to do, whether it was sit at my daughter's practice, I would sneak in the bathroom and take a little shot or, you know, just like the simple things, cooking dinner, like everything, everything that I had to do outside of work, I thought, oh, I'll just, I, I need to drink to be able to do it. And mind you, my husband wasn't a big drinker, so it wasn't like... I had to hide it. I did have to hide it from him for for quite some time. And the hangovers were just they they were out of this world. I would be down for at least 2 days and I'm a mom of 5, so it's like and I my youngest is 3 now, so you know, I don't I felt just like obviously like so much shame and guilt around alcohol. But I kept doing it. I I did not know how to break out of that cycle. I didn't I didn't understand it. I didn't know what was happening to me when I drank. I didn't understand the physical part, the mental part, and where all my limiting beliefs were. And it was mid-October, October 17th of last year, that I remember I drank. I was drunk by myself and it was a work night. And I was out on my patio and I was sobbing, crying, and I was just asking for God for another way. Like I couldn't do it anymore. It chokes me up thinking about it because I just remember being so lost and just begging for like a way out, you know, to the universe, to God, to everyone that would listen. Because <laughs> I knew I didn't want to be like that anymore. I knew I, I hated it. And it was like three months of just solid drinking every day and hiding it. And I hated this like big secret I was keeping from everyone, you know? And the funny thing is though, I already had read your book. I read a few alcohol-free books during that time because I was very alcohol-free curious. I, I wanted to know more about it. You know, I knew I wanted it. I just was very much stuck in that hamster wheel. And then something came up on your, one of your, um, I don't remember if I went on your website or what, but I did your three-day live alcohol. What it what is it called? It's not is it alcohol experiment experiment, but I didn't do the thirty day. I just did the three day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, whoa! I was blown away. Like it, it I connected to it. I, it resonated with me so much. And I remember um, Scott was running that one, and I was just like. I I didn't quit drinking after I watched it, but I definitely was like, oh my gosh, I have to know more. I have to figure out what this is. And um, I joined the PATH. I did the PATH program. And do you want me to kind of go into that now? Or do you have any questions? (laughs) Um, Before we go into that, I was just curious, like way back in this story, when um, 
when your friends on your girls trip were like, Hey, this has to stop. Like, was your, was your reaction more like rebelliousness or were you insulted or how did, how did that kind of make you feel? I was very defensive. So when I was drinking, I was always defensive. If someone tried to tell me anything, or, I mean, even when I wasn't like, even just in the smallest things with my husband, I would get defensive. Like it was because it was like when I had this big secret going on and I knew like I had taken a shot earlier, I I was always on edge, you know? And, and so being defensive became just like a natural part of my identity for that time period. And yeah, it, I was crying, but I was like trying to tell them like, I have this under control, you know, I'm fine. But they were like, no, this is, this is bad. Cause they were, they were watching me. Like I was showing them how I've been acting for the past, you know, six months or so with, with alcohol. And it's not like how I was before. It's just, it really spiraled really quick, which just, it came out of left field. Honestly, I was like not expecting um, alcohol to take that turn in my life when it did. I was just curious. Cause like, yeah, whenever anybody told me anything, I was super defensive. Also, I couldn't in hindsight, it can be like, yeah, they were trying, but in that moment, so I never found that very useful. Yeah. And especially when we're all drinking together and it's like, how are you going to judge my drinking versus your drinking? And it just became like, you know, an annoyance at the time, but now I know they were just looking out for me. <laughs> yeah. All right. So anyway, so you joined the path. You care. Yes. I joined the path and that was the beginning to everything changing. You know, one of like the biggest things that I truly respect and love about your book and about the path was how, you know, in the beginning, you're not telling everyone to quit drinking. Like, okay, you're stopping today. Today's day one, you're joining the path. I literally didn't know that was going to happen. So the night before I joined, I drank so much. Like, oh my gosh, I told my mom, I'm like, I'm starting that program tomorrow. I have to get as drunk as I can tonight. And she's like, oh yeah. So we stayed up and drank together, right? And then the next day it was like the first first meeting and, and they were like, you don't have to stop drinking. I was like, oh my gosh, I just did all that for nothing and I'm all hung over. And it was just, it was a funny moment for me. But yeah, I do, I do really love and respect that because it truly teaches you that you you won't have to white knuckle once you understand, like once you get a little bit further, you're, you know, hopefully it clicks and you get it. And I, I have like my alcohol free journal the whole time I was in the program. And I was just before this recording with you, I was reviewing what, you know, I wrote on day one and day three. And it was after I, I initially stopped. So the group was stopping on a certain date together. I stopped before that. For some reason, I don't know, something just came over me and I happened to accidentally do one of your exper experiments when you drink and see how you feel in an hour. I didn't know I was doing it at the time but because I didn't learn about it yet, but I took a shot before me and my husband went to Home Depot, right? I was hiding it. I was in the path, you know, doing the path, but still drinking, took the shot, went to Home Depot. I came home and I felt so terrible. My body felt terrible. My mind, I was just like, oh my God, I felt disgusting. And I thought to myself, before we left, I felt great before I took that shot. Like I actually felt really good this morning and I was ready for the day and, and in a good mood, but that shot really did something to me. So 
that was like my first piece of evidence where I was like, okay, it's definitely making me feel worse, not better, because I believed for so many years that alcohol gave me energy, alcohol made me happier, but it actually like literally did the opposite to me that day. So that was, that was a real big um, moment for me. But then when I stopped drinking, and I don't remember when all of this came into play, but the biggest things that really hit home for me were writing out my fears around alcohol because I realized that all of my fears were around other people. It wasn't even about me. It wasn't, it was all about how I looked, how, how awkward I would look, or I wouldn't have anything to say to these people because naturally I'm an introvert and I'm not very comfortable with small talk or being, you know, in a crowd of people and and just I'm just like one of those people that's a little bit awkward you know so I was always afraid to be uncomfortable so the first thing I would do was drink and then I would just turn into a whole different person super social almost to the point where people are like you're bugging me like stop talking to me you know so yeah that writing out my fears was was really helpful for me to see like wow do I drink for myself or do I drink for other people you know and it was like kind of like a wake-up call in a sense and then the emotional goal. Never heard of this in my life. And I literally have a master's degree in counseling, okay? So it's pretty crazy. When I figured out how much it meant to me, how I wanted to feel, because I'm such a feeler anyway, that that would be my driving force. It just really changed so much in my You want to explain just because people might not know what the emotional goal is? Yeah, so... The difference, like a behavior-based goal when, say, you want to lose weight or you're going to go to the gym, like that, your your goal is going to the gym every morning at 6 a.m. With a behavior-based goal, it's more about how you want to feel. So I want to feel energized. I want to feel healthy. I want to feel, you know, clarity in my brain. So those are emotional-based goals. So when you go to the gym every morning, you're going to feel that after the gym. So it kind of like changes the perspective of it. And my actually emotional, emotional based goal is right here. And yeah, it's basically, I want to feel free from anything controlling me. I want alcohol to be insignificant in my life. And I want to feel content without alcohol. And that was just like my driving force. I want to feel good. I want to feel content. I want to feel like alcohol is nothing to me. And um, yeah, just really the t- little twist on that is just like so amazing because it changed so much of my perspective on what a goal was you know now i honestly could apply it in so many other places in my life now and i do and the other huge thing for me were my non-negotiables those were where i drew the line in the sand and said these are the things i will not do anymore and just to say a few i will not toler- ha- tolerate having hangovers I will not tolerate not remember the night before, especially memories with my kids. I will no longer tolerate feeling anxious. I will no longer tolerate fighting with my family. So I have about like 12. (laughs) I made a lot of non-negotiables because they were just the things that I'm not going to do anymore. And writing those out and actually drawing the line in the sand was not only symbolic for me, but it also like gave me parameters that I knew I was going to stick with and stick by anyway. And yeah, those, the the emotional base goal and the non-negotiables, those were like the driving force for all of it. And once I quit drinking, I, I can't 
I tell my husband all the time, it feels like a miracle. I'm when I say that, I actually mean it. He's like, no, it's not a miracle. Like you did the work, you know, which I I do get that, but something about the way you teach it there's you know the way you break down every scientific part it was like wow i see what alcohol is now for exactly what it is it's not all those things i thought it was for so many years it's it's actually a actual toxic substance that i'm putting in my body for all the wrong reasons you know and then um, the limiting beliefs part of it, like, you know, the act technique and really just breaking down each belief that I had, like believing that alcohol made me confident and really just like turning that around and realizing alcohol actually made me embarrass myself multiple times. Alcohol actually made me feel worse about myself when I was, when I, like the next day or even right after I would take a shot, I would feel worse about myself. So it, it really did not give me confidence. It made, made me have low self-esteem. You know, it was like the exact opposite. And same with energy. I truly believe that alcohol gave me energy. Like I would have argued with anyone, you know, a year ago. And as soon as I realized like, no, it makes me tired. It actually makes me feel depleted. It makes, I, I spend so much time trying to decide if I'm not going to drink and I am going to drink that. I have mental fatigue, you know, I'm just so tired of that internal conflict and internal dialogue of just fighting with myself every day. So I was way more tired, way more stressed out. You know, it's like everything I believed about alcohol was just BS, like everything. So it's, yeah, unraveling all of that was just mind blowing, honestly. And I have to say that today's my one year alcohol free and it's super random. I know it's super random that that's such perfect timing. I know. And when I scheduled this, I did not even realize it was my one year. I had, I just realized it yesterday. I was like, oh my gosh, my, my interview with Annie is on my one year and, and how fitting because I, I just have you and your, your coaches to thank. That's another thing I, I truly bonded with the coaches and being in those, those, you know, you guys had lives, I think every day with different coaches. And I just found the ones that I really aligned with and I really liked and shout out to coach Kat. Cause she's like my girl. I absolutely love her. I could be myself in those spaces. I could tell my dirt, my dirtiest, darkest secrets and no one was judging me. And and that's where I got the courage to tell my husband was in one of those, you know, live calls where I told everyone I'm hiding this. And they were like, you should tell him, you know, you should tell him. And, and of course, we talked more about it, but it was where I was able to gain confidence around not drinking. And, and everyone, everyone just always told me, you know, what a beautiful light I was in that group and and how they loved when I would talk about, you know, my experiences. And it just really like made me feel so great, you know, to be a part of that community and yeah, and just being a part of other people's journeys. And we still keep in touch now. We have weekly Zoom meetings, so it's really awesome. We all still support each other. Um, let's see, what else? I feel like there's so much more that I'm probably leaving out. <laughs> oh, I know what I was going to say. So some of the biggest things that I've learned this far, number one is the self-trust. So before I was, you know, breaking promises to myself left and right every day. So I didn't trust myself. I actually remember looking in the mirror and hating what I saw. Like I was puffy. I was red. 
I had acne. Like I, I have a picture of the first day that I decided I was going to stop drinking and I look, I was just, I, I didn't look like what I look like right now. That's for sure. And um, I was just disgusted with who I saw in the mirror internally and externally. And now like, I love who I am. I, I honestly, absolutely trust myself now. And I know that when I make an appointment at 9 a.m. on Saturday, I'm going to be there. I'm not going to be hungover. I mean, I was basing my life around hangovers because they were so bad, you know, and like now I'm just, I feel freedom. I feel, I feel like I can just be a better mom, especially, you know, and another honest moment is, you know, me, when I was drinking, me and my husband were, we were on the verge of divorcing. Like we were, I mean, I was looking for apartments. It was, it was right at that tipping point. And I remember thinking like, if, gosh, if I get my own place, I can drink whenever I want. And he's not, he can't judge me, you know, and my mom will live with me and we'll drink together. And, and then, and then later down the line, I started getting these visions of like me and my mom is old ladies just like getting, drinking vodka and you know just like oh my god no i don't want to be that way you know but um yeah I, I mean it was a really really low place in my life and since since i've been alcohol free we have not had one like blowout fight we have our of course arguments but it's not even close to what it was like he tells me all the time like the change that he's seen in me and how proud of me he is and it's it's just it's been life changing the other piece is getting to know myself, you know, I always leaned on alcohol to numb everything for me and or even in the fun times, you know, it was like used for everything in my life. And now I'm just like, okay, who am I? What do I like to do? What do I actually enjoy doing? You know, how do I want to spend my time? And I've just taken a deep, deep dive into personal development and spirituality and just continuing to grow after your program and invest in myself, you know, and just, you know, doing, doing the hard work, doing the trauma work from my childhood and having the mental capacity to, to do it. You know, when I was drinking, there was no way I was, I was going to look at any of that because I was too busy worrying about when my next drink was. And also I took my first alcohol-free vacation, which was so crazy because we always do all-inclusives. And the last one we did was last October. And I was super worried about it when I was in the path because I knew I was going to drink, you know, <clears throat> and I didn't want to, but I knew I was going to. I'd already like made that decision. So I've this whole year, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to ever be able to go on an alcohol or an all-inclusive vacation, you know? Cause it's going to be too tempting and and but we booked one and my husband was like it's going to be fine and and i actually felt at ease about it i we took our two little kids they're three and, and eight and i did not drink for five day you know booze everywhere i woke up every morning annie and i went and watched the sunset like on the beach by myself i meditated and was just so thankful that alcohol didn't take this another vacation from me and because I mean, the last one we went on, we were there for four days and two of them I spent in my room in the dark crying, anxious, just like, I, I hate even thinking about that trip. It just ruined the whole thing for me, you know, and it, they cost so much money and we just let alcohol ruin it, you know, so this time it was so different and it was so beautiful and, and I just, 
I still, sometimes I'm still in shock. I'm like, I can't believe I just did that. Like that, <laughs> that was way easier than I ever imagined, you know? And, um, <clears throat> and then even, you know, going out with girlfriends now, like everyone, everyone drinks still around me pretty much. And I'm, and I'm fine. Like I, it's, that's why I say it's a miracle because I literally have not had the desire to drink. I haven't. And my mom still drinks. She asked me to buy her vodka all the time. I have no desire. And that's why I feel like, I don't know what it is exactly, you know, like something about the way you teach your program, it seriously clicked for me. And it feels like just a veil was lifted and I cannot ever unsee what I've learned. I can't, I can't unhear it. I know way too much now to know to drink. I, I, there's no there's no rhyme or reason to say why I would drink again. There's just no need for it at all. I've come so far in the last year, especially you know internally with myself. There's 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 no reason to ever pick up a drink again. I don't want to. Like that's the crazy thing. People are like, oh Charlotte, just so you know, like I know you're coming to this party and there's going to be alcohol, okay? And then everyone's like now, you know, prefacing me with this. I'm like, you guys, I can drink if I want. I just don't want to, you know, like my whole perspective has shifted. And that's honestly how I feel. Like I feel, I don't like the feeling of like, oh, I can't drink or I can't go to that party because there's alcohol because that automatically takes me to that other side that I don't want to be on. If I have the perspective like, yeah, I could drink whenever I wanted to because I literally can. I ch I'm choosing not to because I don't want to. And it feels so much better being alcohol free and experiencing this beautiful life without it. So just don't want to. So you guys can drink all you want, but I'm going to be, you know, over here and not have a hangover tomorrow. <laughs> so, so, yeah. cool. it's so hard for people to understand that. And I started using this analogy because it's like so hard for people. I remember that so well, people being like, oh, we're going to be drinking. Are you going to be okay? And I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. going to be fine. Um, but I was like, okay, think of this. Like if it was like an ex who you were totally in love with, who you couldn't imagine living without, who, you know, you just felt like if they break up with me, the whole world is going to shatter and fall apart. And if you saw them with another girl, you'd just be devastated. And of course, if they were at a party, you wouldn't want to go to that party because you'd be crying in the corner all night, especially if they brought another girl. But then if it was, 10 years later and it's that dude who you don't even remember his name anymore yeah you might have felt like that in high school or college yeah but now you could run into him and his four kids because <laughs> yeah. you'd be like oh yeah wait you're kind of balding and <laughs> you know, you've got a, a big gut and I, whatever you just yeah just see differently and you just have no desire if, if it could change for a human of course it could change for a fermented liquid right but it does That's need true. a process but like it's totally possible. So anyway, that's just so great. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. So you of said course. you're still like happy to buy your mom a bottle, but is she upset when she, when you're not drinking with her or has she been pretty cool? I will say it has, it has changed our relationship. Um, when I started the path, the first words out of her mouth were, don't be trying to get me to join it. <laughs> and I don't want to read the book. I'm like, okay, mom, I'm not asking you to. I, I just, I knew at that moment I had to, I, I couldn't share, like she congratulates me like on my milestones and all that, but there's not much conversation around it. You know, she still drinks every day, a lot every day. And it's really hard to watch because I know 
what it's like after you stop, you know, and it's like this best kept secret that you want everyone to understand and, and know about, but I can't do anything, you know, for her journey. Um, I'm just trying to be like a model in her life and, and show her with my actions. But yeah, now that we're not drinking buddies, it's not the same, unfortunately, you know, there, there's a wall up now and I feel, I don't, I, I'm still trying to figure that out. I'm like literally in therapy now trying to work through it. So <laughs> that, I mean, that's what happens. Like I lost a lot of friends. So some of my friends don't even invite me anymore to anything because I don't drink, you know, and I struggled with it at first. And it was like, I, cause I knew I would be okay. I just didn't understand why I wasn't getting the invite. And then I started to think like, maybe they just don't want to look at their own drinking and I'm a, a mirror for them, you know? And I had to accept that, you know, and, and I have great friends that have supported me the whole time. I have a lot of new friends that are just like huge lights in my life now and, you know, on the same path as me and and motivate me every day. And, and we're just I've built new relationships after this that are actually meaningful and not just about being drunk together, you know, so you're you kind of get to this point where they fall off and you end up going a different way. And it's most likely because it was based around alcohol, you know, which it makes me sad, though. I feel like I really did care about those people. But, you know, it, it is what it is at this point. Yeah. And I think every the way you're showing up, especially with your mom, I mean, that's exactly the right way to be showing up, just super supportive of where she's at and no judgment and no need for her to change. I remember um, what you said, your mom said to you, my husband said to me, it's like, just so you know, I'm not doing this. Don't don't ever try to pressure me or get me not to do that. And we actually just, I just had him on the podcast and he was like, he, we realized during the podcast, he hadn't had a drink in like six years. So, yeah. I mean, not saying that that's guaranteed or anything, but it, yeah. it's amazing how much influence you have without words. Like it is incredible. Right. Yeah. It's very similar to my husband. He didn't like have a stop date or anything. And we just realized he's only drank like two times in the whole year because I was usually the main person like let's go out I you know I wanted to party he, he would just rather stay home and and not drink so and not only that like his health has improved because of it he just went to the doctor and he's like I think it's because I haven't drank alcohol that uh, you know my his fatty liver was lower and like all these things I'm like yeah now we're we're seeing results it's awesome <laughs> yeah it's pretty, pretty amazing. I mean, it's ironic that just removing like a beverage can change your life. You know, it, it truly blows me away when I think about it. And when I'm able to share my story with people, I'm just always just taken back at the program that I chose to, to go into the path and, and how it literally changed my life. Like 100%. I do not think I would be here right now if I didn't take the, do the path. Like I actually, I, I know I wouldn't. Because I, back then, I was reading day one, I did not even think I could get 24 hours without a shot. I truly, wholeheartedly did not think I could do it. And then something clicked. I don't know, you have like the magic, the magic program or something, because I don't know why, I don't know if it happens so fast for other people. I know people that I was with, you know, some of them it was, some of them it wasn't. But for me, it just, it, it was pretty fast. It was like one month in and I was like, wow. I see the light <laughs> and I'm following it. Mm, so good. So good. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because it just really works with how the brain actually works and what we're doing 
to try to change is usually so counterproductive, like back to that emotion based goal. When you think about when you're trying to make a change in your life, but how you feel about it, when I ask people, how do you feel about the idea of, you know, you want to stop, their goal is to stop drinking again, a behavior-based goal. And I say, well, how do you feel about that? And they're like, well, I feel sad. I feel anxious. I feel terrified. I feel frustrated. I feel upset with myself. I feel guilty. I feel like I'm never going to be successful. And it's like, wow, before you have a goal that before you have even started it, you feel terrible. Yeah. What are our chances of success? So when you switch it to that emotion-based goal, and then you say, okay, like your list, like, I want to feel free. I want to feel empowered. You, you see this future you want. How do you feel about the journey towards that? Okay. Well, I feel hopeful. I feel like yeah. maybe it's possible. I feel like I'm not going to give up. And even that little switch, you know, it's just something so simple, but in our society, we just don't think that we should value our, how we feel over what we do. We've, we've actually, we think so much about, are you drinking or you're not drinking? Even to the point where mm-hmm. I would argue that we tie up you know, the worthiness of the human who's struggling with alcohol with, are they drinking or not? If you're not drinking, you're a good person. You know, you're worthy of my love. You aren't out of control. You're not some immoral degenerate, but if you are drinking, then you are, you know, you're dead to me. I mean, dream, but that's happening in a lot of families. Right. And so it's just about saying like, actually, no, we're just looking at the problem wrong. Um, and it's all just based in science. It's just the science hasn't necessarily caught up with, you know, there's, there's a long, there's a long, very deeply rooted history of common knowledge Mm -hmm. around this problem that is, you know, um, but I'm so, I'm so happy for, for everything that you've told me and for, thank you so much for just sharing your story. It's just amazing. Absolutely. Thank you for, for allowing me to. And I, I remember just real quick, when I first wrote into the Naked Mind team, I was like, I have to share how much you changed my life. And I sent them a video and I was just like beaming, you know, just beaming with with happiness and pure joy and just gratitude for you and your team. So um, I, I can't thank all of you enough for your time and your efforts in changing the world because this this movement is strong right now. And I feel like more and more people are our understanding what this alcohol-free lifestyle is and how much, how much better life is uh, on so many levels, you know, just from the sleep, the energy, the mood, all of that down to like your internal self and, and actually acting as your highest self. And, you know, just your, my vibration is higher, everything. And, but I will want to say, I do want to say this, not everything is perfect every day, all the time. The difference now is now I'm actually feeling my way through these things and and dealing with them, then masking them and numbing it. So I, I still get sad. I still cry. I still, you know, have moments where I'm stressed out, but now I can deal with it in such a more positive way that where I actually have the tools to call on, you know, so I don't I don't want to paint this facade like, you know, life is perfect when you're not drinking, but it's a lot more manageable and a lot better than when I was drinking. That's for sure. Well, it's so important to say, because I think one of the things that really keeps us drinking is this idea that we should be happy all the time. Right. And that's like, that's our chasing in the bottle. And I think when we come to the terms of like, no, life is, life is very, (laughs) I like how coach Mike says it. He's like, life is very lifey. Yeah. Very lifey. And when we like, 
allow for it to be what it is, which is messy and emotional and intense and amazing and beautiful and both and and all the things, then mm-hmm. experience it instead of missing out, you know, which is so good. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, let me ask you, uh, Charlotte, the question I kind of finished these up with, which is if you're going to go back in time and talk to yourself, you know, maybe the one who whose friends were kind of shaking her by the shoulders because she was, um, you know, halfway through the fireball bottle or uh, sneaking into your mom's room to do the vodka shots. Like, what would you tell her about what life is like now? What life is like now? Well, first, I just want to say I would have compassion for her, number one. And I would tell her that right now you feel like the whole world is on your shoulders and you can't get out of this, but you will. And you are going to learn so much about yourself and who you truly are at your core. And you're going to embrace it and love yourself for exactly who you are. And you won't have to fake anymore with alcohol. You won't have to be someone you're not. You will be loved and accepted for for being Charlotte. That's so good. And I think starting with compassion is the most important thing. And like, no matter where you are, if you're listening, like, that would be the message for you too, is just like recognize that you have been doing the best you can with the tools that you have. And, you know, we've just been given the wrong tool. And so don't make it wrong. Don't make yourself wrong just because alcohol is not necessarily the right tool to relieve anxiety or to help your life get better. But, you know, you have been doing the best you can. And that's, that's exactly beautifully said. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're ready to see how this naked mind can help you on your personal health and wellness journey and want to learn more, go to thisnakedmindpodcast.com to learn what your next best step is. Again, that's thisnakedmindpodcast.com. We have all of our free resources, programs, social links, and more available for you there. Plus, if you have your own naked life story to share, you can submit it there as well. Until next week, stay curious.